Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Good afternoon. Thank you for being with me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're a new listener, we are so glad that you've joined. And we have really been talking about value this week and having your own personal value system and what value systems are for the importance of value systems and understanding what your value system is. And we read yesterday in Galatians about how to walk that out on a more um, conceptual way. So we want to really get literal and define our value system, and then we want to really understand that the bedrock of a value system really is found in Galatians 5 and 6. And I want to really encourage you to study uh, 5 and 6 in whatever version that you that, that really speaks to you. And so we're going to end this week on really talking about your own guaranteed value and that your value is guaranteed. And I know you've heard me talk about this analogy about the $100 bill. You know, if you see a $100 bill in the parking lot of the grocery store, I think you're going to probably pick it up, even though maybe someone stepped on it. You know, so what if it's in like a muddy rain-soaked, disgusting puddle. Oh, we probably are going to pick it up. So what if you're at the gas station and you go to put some stuff in the trash and you see a $100 bill in the trash can? Well, probably we're going to pull it out and we're going to probably clean it up. So what if it's in a dumpster, you know, with like rancid food or really gross things on it? It's $100. What if it was used in a drug deal? What if it was used to pay a prostitute? It doesn't really make any difference where that $100 bill has been, what is on its external surface, because it's still worth $100. Even if it's been crumpled up, even if it's been spit on, it doesn't change its value. And our world has a tendency to want to convince us that our value has everything to do with our successes, our failures, where we have been, where we go, who we know, what we look like on the outside, and that we can somehow increase our value or decrease our value. See, our value is static. It's static. And the only one that can place value on something is whoever created it. So our monetary system has been created by our governing bodies, the, you know, our, the United States, we have determined our currency and what is a value. And so I want you to think about the fact that even though stock markets come and go, right, there is still value. And from one day to the next, it may feel like the value has dropped, may feel like the value has increased, but there is this static line that follows. So I want you to think about 
If you've ever in your life had something that didn't go according to plan, you know, maybe it was a health scare, maybe it was a loss, maybe it was a huge big failure, maybe it was a misunderstanding, you were misperceived. And I'm sure that we can all relate to having plans derailed and, under, and, and all relate to big failures, big missed opportunities, that sinking feeling of, you know, I should have done that and I didn't. And so I want you to think about this idea. I'm going to talk a little bit about the story of my life. And, and um, you know, many of you know my undergraduate degree, my Bachelor of Sciences in Fashion, Merchandising, and Design. And, and that I come from, uh, I was orphaned. I was, my mother was unwed. Both of my biological families knew nothing of me. And I was put in foster care for a while, and then my parents fostered me, my adopted parents fostered me, and then I was, I was adopted. And I was very, very different than the family I was adopted into. And I didn't look like them, I didn't think like them, I didn't act like them. The things that were of priority to me were not necessarily a priority to them. They were very, very committed to education. They were very um, stable parents. Um, they, they did things very methodically, and I was this just creative, intuitive, all over the place, vibrant, high-energy little kid that just wanted to perform all the time. And, and that w what was what was important to me, that my performance, if I pleased people, if they liked the song I sang or the dance that I did or whatever drawing I made or whatever uh, piece of clothing I designed and created, uh, whatever poem I wrote, anything that was creative, I felt like was me. And if it wasn't valued, then I felt devalued. And felt like I was constantly trying to prove my value to the world, to my family. Not realizing that my value was static. And, and you know, I've, I've said before, what, you know, we, when we execute serial killers, think of how much trouble the prison gets in if they don't execute them appropriately and they have four minutes or 20 minutes of hell while they are attempting to die. And this is because we value humans. We value human life. Think, think of the, the child molester that's burning in, you know, his house is burning down and the firemen risk their life to save him. It's because value, human, valuing humans has nothing to do with their behavior. Our behavior has everything to do with how well we express who we truly are and, and many times how much we enjoy our life. So as I learned my value, I came to understand how God thought about me. And it was revolutionizing. See, he chose to create me just as he chose to create you. And choice is one of the biggest components in love. I want you to really think about that. Choice is one of the biggest components of and in love. From love comes the subsequent valuing of something or someone. So when I know, quote-unquote, me, and I know my value, 
that I'm able to be authentic, grounded, and centered. And my behaviors will then be an outcome of who I truly am versus who I think I should be, hope to be, could be, ought to be, would be, thinking that if I'm all of that, then I'll be, I'll be valued. So God wants me to be a concrete, physical manifestation of who he is through me. I mean, that's a tall order. One of the things about me being made in the image of God is comprehending the notion that God thought about me. He wanted me, he chose me, and he acted upon that choice. See, God thought about you. He thought you up. He's a creator. He wanted you. And so he made sure that he created you. He chose you, and he's hoping that you choose him back. And he acted on that choice. He created you, and then he also died to be with you. That's the degree of value. What you will die for, remember earlier on in the week when, when I talked about doing that list of, you know, listing all the things that you value, all the things and people you value and asking yourself, would I fight over that? Would I argue over that? Would I argue about it? Would I fight about it? Actually physically fight about it? Would I die for that person or thing? Because when you will die for something, that shows the level of value. See, God wanted me, he wants you to understand an, e an even greater truth about his love. The greater truth about his love for me is that I had guaranteed value to him. Guaranteed value to him. That value could not be earned nor could it be revoked. See, I can't control what God thinks and feels and what he does. God is God. He does what he wants. It's the same as with me. You can't make me like you. You can't make me love you. That's a choice that I make. And it can't be earned from me, nor can it be revoked from me. It's my choice. Maybe I can be influenced to one degree or another at any given time. But the choice still remains with me. I either love you, I value you, or I don't. And so the guaranteed value is that you can't earn your value. You cannot have your value revoked. This is the greatest lie of the enemy. This is what the enemy wants us to believe, is that it is somehow a tenuous issue. That I can do something to actually stop God loving me. And I can do something to make God love me more, so if he loves me more, then maybe he'll give me the things that I want. And we do this in our human relationships as well. Absolutely, we can influence people, and to the point that they may have to distance themselves from us. But it may not mean that they stop loving us. It may mean that they can't be in relationship with us because of our level of dysfunction. And that's when we've talked before about, you know, you drop a rock in a pond and it ripples out. So where do I put that person on what ripple do I place them so that I can love them well? Some people have to be a little farther away from me for me to love them well. But they can't control whether or not I love them. 
So when we talk about words like guaranteed, and we talk about words, the word value, and their subsequent meaning, we want to touch on the idea that humans have two very important emotional and psychological needs. First of all, they really need to feel important. They really need to feel special. They really need to be seen. See, this is value. I see you. I think you're important, and I think you're special because there's no one else like you. And the second one is that we need to be able to depend on those feelings as to being true. That's the guarantee. I need to feel like I'm important and special and that I have worth, I have value, and I need to know that I can depend on it, that it is solid. If you've grown up in a family where you didn't know if you could depend on that, that your value could be changed and that it wasn't really guaranteed as to how loved you were going to be, you would, you would grow up with insecurity and anxiety because you'd be scrambling all the time to make sure that you were perfect or you would go to the other extreme and you just go, forget it, to heck with it. I'm never going to be that, so I'm not going to try. I'll be the worst version of me and I'll prove to me that you really don't love me. And so this is why God reiterates over and over and over again throughout the Bible how very valuable we are to him, that we are of great worth. And furthermore, that we can believe this with complete confidence. This is bedrock. In God's inner core, this is the inner core, which gives us a surface that we can stand on that is solid and dependable. So when God makes a promise, we can trust that it's true, that he keeps his promises, and that he's always true to his word. He's always true to Christ. He wants us to believe and depend on the statement that our value is guaranteed. That who we are is highly valued and it will never change, even if people do not choose God ending up in hell. God will be heartbroken, but he didn't stop loving them. They just made sure he couldn't be with them. And see, next week we're going to talk about trust. And we're going to talk about the fact that God is a God who cannot lie. And that's the bedrock of this idea of guaranteed value. God is a God that cannot, will not, it's not even in his nature, it's not even in his DNA to be able to lie. Lying came with the fall. The first lie was Adam and Eve. When they fell, they were given the ability. The ability to lie came with the fall. God has now fallen. He cannot lie. So you see, on the contrary, our world establishes value based on what you do, who you know, how you look, what you own, how much money you make, what family you come from, what country you come from, what nationality you are, etc. And to make matters worse, your value can be changed as easily as the stock market changes from day to day. Think of how people, think of how politicians feel. Think of how, you know, celebrities feel. Think of what it was like in high school 
where the pop, most popular kid is now a nobody in their adult life. Many times that occurs. Think of the, the uh, musician that all of a sudden is finding that nobody really enjoys what they're creating anymore. They've all moved on to the next newest, brightest thing. And so the world really drives home this concept, this idea, this belief that our value can be revoked or changed and that it's dependent on something. So what I want you to understand is that value is dependent on simply the fact that you were made and belonged to God and God created you. Whether or not people want to be in relationship with you is not value-driven. It is your level of dysfunction, right? It's how difficult or complicated you may be. But that has nothing to do with your value or your worth. So this is very important. We need to understand fully who establishes our value. Who establishes value? See, Satan knows this very clearly. This is why he's constantly trying to devalue people. He knows who establishes value, and he knows how valuable we are to, to God. And it drives him crazy. It makes him mad. He's insane because of how much God loves his people. Satan can't comprehend it. And this is why he attacks God's people. Think of what better way to hurt you. What better way could someone hurt you than to hurt the things that you treasure? See, I would rather someone hurt me than hurt my children, my clients, patients, my, my pet that I currently have, my family. I would rather be hurt than have someone hurt them. Satan knows this, so he doesn't try to hurt God. He just hurts God by hurting what he values. So our value is intrinsic. And intrinsic means it's belonging to the real nature of the thing. It's inherent. It doesn't come from anything we can do or create. It doesn't come from outside of ourselves. It doesn't come from others' opinions. It originates from our Creator. It emanates from God, and it is innate. It's inherent. It's intrinsic. This is why Satan wants to cause us the feelings of being devalued, because if he can cause us to feel devalued, we will act in ways that devalue ourselves and devalue others. So being made in the image of God instills value in and of itself, whether you feel like it or not. It's kind of like people, you know, a really crude analogy or shallow analogy. is like people that um, have been born into really prominent families. Like let's say that you were um, Prince William, right? Let's say that you were born a Kennedy, a Kardashian. I don't know, you know, whatever. See, these people feel like because they're born from that family, they are different in many ways than the rest of them. They, they have a little bit more of that feeling of, I am very valuable because of the way people act around them, the resources that they have, what people will do for them, right? How much they, what kind of liberty they may have. This is what you want to think about. That's the world's version 
God's version is that everyone has been created and born from the king. Everyone is royal. Whether you feel like you're the royalty that, that has been lost or forgotten or abandoned, you can't change your blood. You can't change your DNA. You can't change the intrinsic, inherent value that is in you because of your DNA that is directly traced back to the creator of the universe. That's your DNA. You want to make sure you're walking out your own DNA and not what the world sees about you or how the world views you, whether it's really, really positive or really, really negative. Both are traps. So think about this. If you're a parent, you understand that your love for your child is not determined by how popular they are with other people. So if you are a parent of a really popular kid, what, does that make that kid more valuable to you? If you're the parent of a nerd that's getting beat up every day at school, does that make that child less valuable to you? If you're a parent that has a child with mental illnesses and, and addictions, is that child less valuable to you? If you have a child that is um, developmentally delayed, does that make him or her less valuable? If you have a child that's a prodigy, does that make them more valuable? See, that's not God's system. So you know that their value is intrinsic. They belong to you. They came from you. And if they didn't come from your body, they were born out of your heart. And so even though I was adopted, even though I didn't come from my mother's body, I was born from her heart. She wanted a child. So in the same way, we are God's children. You don't have to do anything to be valued by him. I just want you to walk out your value. I want you to integrate the truth that you are of great value and not listening to the enemy and to our society. God establishes our value because we belong to him. So I know that you, that you struggle with sin. We all do. God cares about sin because it harms his children. But it does not decrease the value. So this is really important. And he, he grieves. He's very disturbed and it's upsetting because he knows that the outcome, the behavior, is not reflective of our own value or our own authenticity or why we were made. As in the $100 bill being used to purchase drugs, it doesn't devalue the $100, but it doesn't, it's not being used for its highest, greatest good. So if you ever question your value, please know that at your worst, Christ died for you before you even knew him or knew you needed him, before you even wanted him, he wanted you and he valued you. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Be blessed today. Walk out your value. Trust your value. Integrate your own personal value and enjoy it because you are of great value. And there is a reason you were born 
and there is a divine destiny that only you can do. So God bless you. Join me next week as we talk about trust and do you trust me? Do you trust God? Do you trust yourself? Have a great weekend. Check out the website. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.